Hello everyone and welcome to a very special episode of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Now today's episode is a special dedicated to last weekend's Arctangent Festival near Bristol. For me, one of the best festivals in the world. I had an absolute blast from the moment I got there to the moment I left. I'm already missing it, I have the festival blues and I can't wait to return for it all again next year. The festival isn't absolutely massive and it's really good because it feels like one big family on site. There's no dickheads, everyone gets on really well, there's such a range of bands and I think they have the most diverse bands but it caters to everyone. It's amazing to see the range of bands that are playing and I think on today's podcast I've got a bit of everything for everyone. So joining me on today's episode I'm joined by four bands, Conjurer, Sugar Horse, Skin Failure and the amazing Holy Fawn. So I really do believe I've got a bit of everything and I really hope you all enjoy the interviews that are coming up very shortly. For me, Arctangent was a great time. I had some amazing times with some amazing friends and I really did enjoy the whole weekend. The best part was as well, Arctangent invited me not only to do press like I have done all summer, but I actually had a live podcast with Mark and me that was held on the Saturday morning. And do you know what? It was a great success. I interviewed Damien from the St. Pierre Snake Invasion. And the good thing is, if you weren't able to attend the festival, I've recorded that and that will be released in just a couple of days time. So if you're thinking, oh, I wonder how it sounded, it's going to be available all for you very soon. But like I said, today's episode, I think, has a bit of something for everyone. So I think the first thing we should do is kick off the interviews with the amazing Conjurer. So here's me and Conjurer talking all things Arctangent. How you doing, dude? I'm great, yeah. I'm uh, just post Kirsty's Mountain Hands set and that, that tent this morning, <laughs> I got on site. I was like, I want to check them out. I couldn't get in the tent, dude. <laughs> yeah, it was silly. Uh, we this, this collaboration was commissioned by the festival at Tangent um, 2017, 2018, and it's just been um, just really embraced by people as a bit of silliness outside of you know our two very serious bands and um i just can't believe people keep keep coming back for it you know it's it's today was epic my friend like you must be fucking still absolutely high as a kite thinking that was something special especially this early as well in the day and it's just to get to play really joyous music yeah like my really good friends is you know i play miserable music with my good friends week in week out but to do something that is so it's you know all about friendship and joy yeah. and you know living life and loving life. It's just uh, it's very silly and uh, yeah, it's nice. It feels really like the the other side of the coin. To, Amazing. To and it must be nice just to be de- just do something different. Like yeah. let your hair down and just be like, do you know what? Like let's just have fun and just do something completely different. Yeah. And then I can just go back at any point. Conjurer, hi guys, I'm back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and it's cool that Dan, the other singing guitarist of Conjurer, does it with us. So it's yeah. like our little little thing you yeah know, it's cool so isn't it last weekend we went up to manchester to rehearse for this and um just you know driving up chatting about the band just like it's it's a really nice little 
escape from the the big serious stuff. No, it's um, it's awesome, dude. What I do with all the guests, and I'm nearly at 300 episodes now, uh, I've had all different people from all different walks of life, but what I really like to do is take it right back to the very beginning. So with all my guests, when you were a kid, do you remember those first albums that maybe you got passed down or you bought with your own pocket money that made you fall in love with music? Funny thing, I wasn't massively into music as a child. So I was, um, I got at junior school, I got offered uh, to take music lessons and I went they were like well pick what instrument you want and I went down and I picked whatever was at the same time as the RE lessons because I just hated to it to get out of it to get out of it genius so I ended up playing cello and got really into that and played in orchestras and then my dad who used to be into like punk and metal back in the day he played me I remember listening to Adam and the Ants on tape in a little tape deck in uh, the back room of our house. We're showing our age now on tape. Yeah. Everyone's like, who the fuck are these granddads? Right, honestly. Yeah. And uh, it was great. And I, I really got into that Kings of the Wild Frontier, that track especially. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and it all kind of changed when I saw The Darkness for the first time. They were like the band that I was like, oh, this is this is cool. I want to be Justin Hawkins. Like, that's incredible. And I just decided to pick up a guitar and then really... Still wasn't a huge music fan. I was like, I was into like Muse and Green Day and like some that awesome bands, man. Of, yeah, amazing. But then I heard uh, Bullet for My Valentine, and that was my first like metal band. And I was like, oh, I don't know what this is, but this is great. And that kind of like really opened the door to kind of like metalcore. And I was in metalcore bands for a while, and then kind of met Dan as I was getting into Gajira and Black Dahlia Murder and kind of the more the more advanced kind of metal and we started Conjurer as we were starting to explore that and, and branch out and I think it's just become a natural evolution of going down the rabbit hole into to weirdness and I think our records are a few years behind where our listening is so every couple of years we listen to weirder stuff and the music strays slightly further away from the the kind of straight down the middle earlier stuff I think the foundations of a band like Gajira their musicianship is 10 out of 10 on everything like unreal I can't ever enjoy a gig of theirs because I'm so glued to the drummer and then I'm glued to the bassist and I'm glued to the guitarist you don't get many bands where those are just on on par of each other on such a high level they I want to see I I I find them mesmerizing. I just can't believe what they do. Especially like they're from Master Sirius and The Way of All Flesh, those right and L'Enfant Sauvage, those three records really explained death metal to me in yeah. a way that I didn't really get anything with bus beats or anything that was too fast and they do it in such an accessible way that's still honest and brutal and exciting, but is just yeah, it's it like seems that. on another level. Like the fact yeah. that they could come here and headline, they could go to Bloodstock, which they've done and headlined. They're surely a second stage download headliner. You know, I think they, they're a main they're stage headliner in five to ten years. Yeah, like they've got to be handed that baton at some point. And a band that can do that with blast beats and harsh vocals yeah. is just like it's unreal. Like it, it is just a testament to the ethos of like keep making music that you think is good and that is you're passionate about and people will come you know if they're if it is honest i think people really respect that in in this day and age especially when there's so much dishonest music no around, no it's true say. and it's it's genuine it's they're not being told by the label to make it more pop sounding yeah, or exactly. extra produced so with conjurer do you kind of take an influence from 
all the band members and their influences and kind of throw it all into a melting pot do you think because you yes. said you an interesting point you said today is like you're four years behind so yeah. like it's going to be this experimental radiohead phase you go through in three or four years with a bit I more electronics know. and a bit more i would say yes and no to all of the above like yeah. when um when we first started it was just myself and dan that did all the writing yeah and then um our original drummer and bassist came on board and kind of the drummer got more involved and we always like to say everything's an equal split four ways um dan definitely does the majority of the songwriting and i do the majority of the everything else to do with the band so we kind of have that dynamic going i think that especially for the upcoming third record that we've started to work on we are trying to follow dan's vision a little bit more strictly and not in a you know no one else can can contribute but really trying to that they have such a uh, an artistic idea of what they want to do with yeah. it and they it, it is so well formed and it feels really exciting and visceral listening to the stuff that they've written and i think we're just trying to execute that really well and just do something that feels really exciting for us i think that is the the goal is to continue making music that is exciting to the four of us and that must be hard because you kind of all got different personalities you've got all different backgrounds different i know tastes. you're kind of on the same page but at times someone will want it to be a less heavy or yeah. someone will want a bit more oomph so it's the personalities and the mindsets and the not the egos but the songwriting yeah to have it even, I always think it's impossible. Like, it's someone's got to take the flame and run. Yeah. I think that some bands it works, other bands, you know, it is one person with some session musicians, yeah, essentially. Yeah, of course. Uh, we definitely try to strike a balance, and I think that Dan is just one of the most phenomenal musicians and songwriters I've ever met, so it comes so naturally to them in a way that is really hard to quantify, and like, as someone like myself, I'm like, I'm a perfectly serviceable guitarist you know yeah. I can play the songs but like watching them play is like truly watching an artist and I think when you have that in the band you have to harness it yeah. you have to you have to foreground it and of that's course. something that we has always naturally happened but I think yeah they are definitely way more in the bands like Swans and bands like Chatpile and the kind of like more left field experimental exciting stuff in that realm that kind of roadburn scene is really where dan is at home and i think that there is a want from them to take that that approach and that kind of sound and make it accessible to you know kids that grew up on metalcore yeah. which is us um and that has always been the formula i think it just started with well, let's draw from Mastodon and Gajira and Converge. And then it was like, well, let's draw from Converge and Imperial Triumphant and uh, some other good band. Now it's like, well, let's draw from Chatpile and Swans. And like, it's slowly taking those steps away, but always remaining true to that. We want it to feel exciting. And, you know, no, none of it is just thrown in there to be there. Everything is trimmed. Everything is vital to the song. Um, and yeah, it's it's exciting. Like the the new stuff we've written is gets me just as excited as the last two records did, but in a slightly different direction. That's good. And I suppose for any band, people that come along to your shows want to hear the hits, want to hear the songs that you're most proud of. That they're not you know hear got, the, got the most. 
But the fact is, with your tour announcement later on this year, um, you've got a short UK tour, and um, is that a good time for you to start introducing the new songs in the set? Are you kind of playing them in rehearsal at the moment, thinking how how are we going to bring them in? Nothing new is has got to a practice room yet, so we've done a lot of demos, a lot of firing those back yeah. and forth, um, and we we have. The material for six or seven songs and the structure of about two. So right. It's okay. Really quite, quite early a process. Yeah. Um, I would like to say, middle of next year, we will have the real structure and the bones of the record together. Okay. I would like to then start playing some of it live at kind of like festivals next year. So we're still like a good twelve months off yet. Easily, I think we're going to record it end of next year. Is roughly the plan. Um, but between now and then, we're going to do got a new Kirsty Smart Hands song so we're going to maybe either do a new single or a new EP or something yeah we've got a collaboration project that we're working on with a Canadian band that is going to be uh, folk covers um, I was not expecting that dude yeah yeah it's going to be uh, exciting but like super visceral and horrible and doomy um, that's already sold it to me I love that yeah. visceral nah. and quite folky and yeah um but yeah, we just so you're wanna, busy. You got yeah, we're busy. Yeah. And yeah. Like, I'm off touring with other bands, and you know, trying to work with people. We're just trying to keep it fresh and exciting, and not rush the records. Like we want to not have like a five-year gap between albums, like we did last time. But also, I know if we force ourselves to put a record out next year, it won't be good. Like, and it won't. We won't be able to give it the time it needs. And you can never go back and change that. So exactly. The but worst ever would be to have this album that you're like, ugh, like this sounds rushed. That yeah. song shouldn't be like that. That bit there shouldn't sound like that. Yeah. Fuck. And it's there. It's out there. Yeah. Well, I'll we'll do it next time. I'll be yeah. Fine. Yeah. I'm not into that. If we're gonna do it. That's not you, is it? No. It's it's not any of us. If we're gonna do it, if we're gonna put our name to it, it will be the best version of whatever that thing is we could have possibly done, and then we'll move on. I think if you, you're that band that repeats yourself over and over, all you're saying is, I could have done better last time. Yeah. If you're trying to do the same thing, like, I'm not interested. Let's no, just, and that's, stay like that, dude, because it's, yeah. also, it's humble, but it's also ambitious because you don't want to just rest and play it safe. It's boring. It, it doesn't excite us. We're already, the second we put a record out, we're like, let's get some new songs in the set. You well, know, we're you've really sat trying on them to... for a while then, haven't you? Yeah. You've recorded, you've produced... You've sent demos, you've yeah. made them into songs. You're kind of like, okay, fans, here's it. And you're gonna get all excited now, but we're bored, like, next. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's what we, especially the set this weekend for the Conjurer show, we really tried to mix up. We played a song, uh, we played the Maya off the, the the album Maya that we've not played live together as this lineup or since 2019, you know, just to do something a bit fresh and do something, you know, for, a lot of the people at Out Tangent have been following our band pretty much since the start. You know, it was one of the first festivals to really embrace us, and people have seen us five, six, seven times. Like, I don't. I, I think at that point, when you like, when I saw Converge last night, I'm like, I don't just want you to play all the singles. I want to hear stuff. Like, I've seen this band six yeah. times. Like, I want to hear exciting things. And obviously, we haven't got that depth of back catalogue, but we can do what we can do. Definitely. Um, and even just mixing up the set order and yeah it was uh it was nice and it's nice to have a festival that is so accepting of hey we're gonna play three of our longest songs just for fun yeah. today and it's not gonna be all bangers it's just gonna be something a bit more cerebral does it does it feel like home here yeah 100 yeah. it is 
hands down my favorite festival in the world. I've been saying this for years. The ethos of the uh, owner James in his bookings, the the layout, the way it functions here, it is just so unlike anything else other than I guess 2003. Yeah. Um, it's just such a, it feels like, like home for us and it is such a, a welcoming, exciting crowd. It is, and the, the moment you step on site, there's no dickheads, there's no attitudes, there's yeah. no morons, and it's one big family. And yeah. it is. The bands are mixing with everyone. There's no yeah. divide between the crowd and the bands performing. And I fucking love it. Like, you're just walking around having fun checking bands out. Yeah. Like, it doesn't it get much better than that. That's all it should be as yeah. well. Um, uh, yeah, I just like there's no industry bullshit like you get at some other festivals. No, it's, it's true. And I, I always love... I know we mentioned 2000 Trees, but that feels just like a holiday. Yeah. There's so many good bands, a lot more radio friendly or commercial bands. You yeah, get to see Frice and Jimmy Eat World and all this. You come here and I discover bands. I'm like, yeah. I can't pretend I know every single band on the poster because I'm like, who the fuck are these? But I can just walk into a tent and then for the next two weeks, I've got a playlist of brand new music that I never knew. That's what everyone says that came. Like, like, I spoke to a guy the other night. He was like, here on my own I come on my own every year I just make new friends and just go check out bands and it's like how good is that fit, it's insane I love it it's um, amazing man yeah I think we're really lucky as a country to not only have this festival but have a festival this weird be as stable and as like well it's on a big scale as, as well like it's a lot of tickets it's always really yeah. close to selling out the lineup is so diverse yeah and I just love it, man. I just, I'm already excited for next year. Yeah, me too. Uh, we're already gonna book the same Airbnb we were in for this one. We were like, it's just around the corner. This is great. I don't care if we're playing or not. I'm gonna be here yeah. because this is, this is where I would be if we weren't playing. You know? It's fucking awesome, man. What I do on the podcast to try and keep it as fresh as I can and make it just stand out is every guest that's been on, uh-huh. every single person gets the same final question. So. As this is all edited and the world's ready to listen to us talking, yeah. as it ends, you choose the final piece of music that's played. Oh, lovely. So I put you on the spot and everyone in a band struggles because they're like, I've got 10 million songs in my head, I've got a thousand. But what I like is the reason why the song came to you first. So some people say like Desert Island songs or what's the song you'd have at your wedding or funeral, but what's the song that you really love, that you're passionate about, that after this is all edited, it just plays and if it feels like that's you, that's your song. That's some pressure there. I'm not going to be nice and, you know, let no, it edit and push pause, I give you an hour. Really respect and then you email so me in a hard. week. But yeah, that's great. It's um, it's going to change and probably in an hour you'll come up to me and be like, "Oh, um, by the way, I've just thought actually, can I change my choice?" Like and, and then you'll go to no. bed tonight at 2 in the morning, you'll wake up and be like, "Why did not I pick this?" Yeah. But God, it's good because so I've had people come on genuinely and pick yeah. Rolling Stones, the Beatles, you know. Yeah. Okay, I've had people come on and pick a B-side by Yoko Ono that was 21 minutes long. And I'm like, you're taking the piss, but fine. You know, that's, yeah. that's fucking mental. But I like discovering new bands. I like discovering old classics. Oh, yeah. But what's uh, the one that's kind of tickling in that head right now? I'm going to say For Free by Kendrick Lamar. I was not expecting that, dude. Yeah. I like, I Hip-hop is really where my passions are within music like yeah. obviously it's metal but like my day to day listening is yeah. very rarely metal um, and his record to Pimp a Butterfly from 2009 was hands down oh, mm, maybe the best record of all time like it's, it's definitely top five 
no question. Big words. But yeah, for just like experimental art forward hip hop that still has bangers, it's lyrical, it's musically incredible. Um, it is, uh, it's just an absolute masterpiece. But track two for free, the first time I heard it, I lost my mind because it, track one is maybe what you'd expect from a hip hop record. It's weird, it's exciting. Track two comes in, I uh, just, breaks you have you listened to this album do you know what dude as you're sitting here now and I go, I, I will never bullshit anyone on this podcast yeah. I'll put my hands up I've never listened to much Kendrick Lamar okay uh, so what I normally do now is I go home I edit yeah. I find the track on Spotify I listen I'm like that's cool add it into the episode and then I'm like oh I like this because I listened to it a few times so it's a cut off point you I edit and then yeah. I suddenly go I'm going to listen to more and I promise you the next three weeks will be everywhere I go the first time you listen to it, put on track one and let it lead into track two. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, it's uh And let the experience. album go. Honestly, I would personally, I would listen to it day and day. I've, I've overplayed it, to be yeah. honest. It's just one of those. But, um, you know, I got, Dan wasn't massively into hip hop before we kind of started hanging out a lot. And that was the one record they were like, it's just untouchable. It is, it kind of ruins a lot of hip hop for people that aren't into it. Cause it is just at such, a high bar if you like the kind of conscious lyrical um that kind of really it's not all kind of guns and bling and i love that kind of stuff yeah as well, of course but it is the opposite end of the spectrum it's just such a high bar it's like converge for hardcore bands it's like well you've just they've just done it yeah you know? um, untouchable yeah. can't can't recommend it highly enough Imagine I listen to it now, I'm like, that's shit. Yeah, for sure. And that's great. That's what's so, I won't, I that's won't. What's so cool about music. Yeah, though, of course. You could well within your rights go, this is fucking terrible. Yeah. And, it's like, and we've just, we've listened to the same thing and had opposite experiences. Like, what a fucking joy. Yeah, it is. And neither of us are correct. Yeah. Or, not, or wrong. Am. I'm right. Yeah, but, always. Yeah. But, but um, no, I appreciate the, the attempt there. So I'm going to go down this rabbit hole now and be spending the next six months listening just to that. Yeah. And then when I see you again next year, you'll probably see me. I'll be wearing a t-shirt, a hat. Yeah, I'm ready for Fuck it. Fuck it. I'm looking on. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. No I'll come down to the UK tour. Uh, I'm really looking forward to people hearing new stuff in about 12 months. Yeah. Hopefully we'll be here and you will be playing and not just coming from an Airbnb to hang yeah. out. But if you are, let's have a beer. We'll hang out. It's Bye. good to see you, my friend. Bye. Thank yeah. you so Thank much, you buddy. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. So there's my first interview of four from the Art Tangent Festival. And Conjurer are a band that cannot be missed. Everyone was talking about them all weekend. Their set was absolutely fantastic and what a great interview. If you tuned in and heard as well, hopefully they'll be touring before you know it. Go and check them out. You'll never, ever regret it. And if you've never heard them before, go and stream them, buy their album, support this band because they deserve to be absolutely everywhere. Right, next up is another band from Arctangent and this time round it's Sugar Horse, one of the biggest bands of the weekend, headlining the third stage and honestly the tent was absolutely rammed. I love this interview, it's really down to earth so I think the best thing to do is to get straight to it. So here's me and Sugar Horse talking all things Arctangent.
I'm here at Arc Tangent with the amazing Ash from Sugar Horse. Hello. How are you, my friend? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. I'm sweaty. It's a long walk from the car park. Yeah, they don't <laughs> tell you that, do they, when you sign up to do these things? And no. then you suddenly get here and you're like, I can't do that. It's too humid. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Um, I can't believe there's no limo service. But at least there's no rain. And at the moment, I've not got my wellies. So. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. I don't own a pair, so... <laughs> That should be in the contract. A a limo to take you straight to the the stage and a pair of wellies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I like to do on this podcast is for anyone that's listening and might be finding out about your band for the first time, is take it right back to the very start. So when you were a kid, what were those first albums that you remember buying that made you fall in love with music? Oh, God. Um, I know the first first CD I ever bought, which probably dates me a little bit, but... um, the first CD I ever brought, bought was a, a CD single of um, Shaggy and Ali G, Mijuli. Wow. And that, yeah. You tell people this. You could have <laughs> lied and said something cool. You could have been like, yeah, it's Pearl Jam or Green Day. No, but no, but then the first album proper was actually cool. The first album I bought was uh, Iowa by Slipknot. Wow, that's so good. So it's a really, it's a, it's a big right turn. How you go from Shaggy as a single <laughs> with Ali G to fucking Slipknot? Well, I, I think... Um, if I remember correctly, the the single was very cheap. Yeah, I was a child. Those ninety nine p singles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're the exactly. ones. Surprisingly, that that single was uh, was going cheap in Woolworths. So <laughs> I don't believe that's what made you then want to be in a band. <laughs> so maybe Slipknot more. Uh, yeah, a little bit. And after after that, I got uh, I got Master of Puppets. Wow. And um, the the Black Album. That's pretty spectacular. Which w- was a good one too, um, and that made me want to play the guitar so I'd, I'd probably say that and what about yeah. live music because I say it on every podcast but until I saw a band live I didn't want to be in a band I used to listen to CDs used to love it listen read the lyrics go through the amazing inlays you used to get on CDs everyone's listening now saying these granddads are talking about something I don't know what they are but CDs used to have really nice lyric inlays and you could read the lyrics and all the nice photos it wasn't just a stream on Spotify but I went to see Green Day as one of my first ever gigs. Oh, yeah. And it blew my fucking mind. And uh, it made me want to pick up a guitar and be in a band. So was there a gig you went to that you remember as one of your first ones that just absolutely changed your life? Um, Shaggy. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was actually Shaggy and Ali G. Um, <laughs> Two hours <no>. special, <laughs> the same song. <laughs> on repeat. Uh, now, I went to see... It's probably like my third gig, which is kind of mental. But I, my third gig was watching Metallica this is like 2006 I think um, between albums um, I was I watched Metallica play at Wembley Stadium wow and the, the lineup was Metallica Machine Head I think Mastodon the 3Ms and him weirdly I had Veal Velo on the podcast and uh, I forgot how big him were yeah 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 Especially then. Yes, I wasn't a massive fan. I'm not saying anything bad because fair play, but I just was never into them. It was like yeah. you either loved them or hated them, and I just wasn't a fan. Yeah, it wasn't my bag. And they got, bless them, they, they did well. But they were second on. They were on after Mastodon, which is not... Wow. For, I love Mastodon. Yeah, I love yeah. I love Mastodon. And this was like Blood Mountain Tour as well. So it was primo. Pretty spectacular. Top of the heat. Yeah. yeah, it was a good day. Um, but yeah, that, that show was amazing. Um and they played like for you'd think like the first and only time Metallica play Wembley Stadium they played just like greatest hits set right they played like mad deep cuts 
um, which was which was pretty cool. But was it one of those ones where the fans picked the set list? It wasn't one of those. I, was it, it wasn't one. I think no. that was just before they started doing that. But the it's it's kind of cool actually because they've got like this. I think it's called like MetallicaLive.com. Um, and you can go back and go to any gig in the last like 40 years and download the entire set uh, the That's audio amazing. for the entire set for like 5 quid or something so I, I've I've got the, the audio gig you for were both, both of the Metallica shows Pearl Jam did to. the same but they did it on CD and I couldn't believe it like I saw them in Manchester and then I could go and buy the CD of the gig and it wasn't yeah. like a bootleg <laughs> and it was awesome to then relive that moment yeah yeah it's cool and like you like uh, it's it's weird isn't it like things things like that you don't necessarily m- remember them with a hundred percent accuracy right because it's all it's all hyped up and yeah super real you know um and then you go listen to it afterwards you're like oh, i don't even remember that happening <laughs> <laughs> so when did it change and when was it the moment you then wanted to pick up a guitar and realistically think i want to be in a band and do this properly not just your school and college battle mm. of the bands like i want to do something that's taken seriously um I was uh, I was in like some like terrible bands around like college time, and then um, like just didn't really know what to do. So uh, just went to a uni that did a music course. And one this of those, is what I did. I did music guys, technology yeah. in Leicester, ah. and I only did it so I could play guitar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I did. I I I basically um, just had to, like used it as an excuse to get stoned for three years. You know what I mean? Um, it's the best way to learn <laughs> how to roll a joint is to go to uni <laughs> and to iron a shirt an on a sofa. Course. Yeah, <laughs> don't do any proper degree; just do the music one. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, yeah. At, during that, it w- within the the like haze <laughs> of that, <laughs> I decided it would probably be a good idea to try and do this, and then um, it's turned out all right. It's taken a while. It's turned out all right. So, how, how long the band been going now? Um, we started in 2015 kind of so eight uh, years yeah yeah That's been a little does while. it feel like that long or uh not in a negative way but does it feel like you've it done ca- nearly a decade it kind of feels like we've been in it forever to yep. be honest. yeah that's fair <laughs> but are you still absolutely loving it you're in the point yeah, where no, you, no, it's, it's you know amazing. you arrive somewhere like arctangent and you think to yourself we still want to win fans when it go on stage tonight and people that have bought a ticket and most people here i think discover more bands than any other festival For i really sure. do so is this your golden ticket to win fans and hopefully get extra streams or some merch sales? Um, I just want—I just want to play a good show. To be Amazing. honest, we don't really think about that too much. Um, which, like, I—we're not—we're not exactly like Murzbo, but like, we're—we're <laughs> we're far too weird of a band to be like. I hope. Yeah. I hope this means that we can do this for a living because it's just not gonna—it's not gonna happen. So you might as well just enjoy it while it happens, you know. And what, how many, um, have you got any like dates to announce after this or are you just taking some time out to write or how's it looking? Yeah, so we, um, n- next month, um, uh, September for when this podcast yes. comes out. It'll be out next week. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, September, uh, we're going on tour in Europe with 65 Days of Static, which is nice. What a great band. Yeah. Awesome That'd be band. wicked. They're playing, um, is it Wild Light? One of the in its entirety, fifth record in its entirety as well. I love that. It's pretty good. It's good for us because you know it means it's guaranteed ticket sales. <laughs> yes. no, no pressure. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? Full house every night. Yeah, I think I think we might just play like like uh, police covers for half an hour. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or Shaggy. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's an even better idea. I don't think I'd get away with uh, with doing a Shaggy impression though. Um, 
yeah, we got that, and then a couple a couple UK shows with pianos become the teeth, and then a few headline shows to close the year out as well. Do you nice. still do you still get nervous as we're sitting here right now for mm-hmm. the listeners? You're going on stage in a few hours, so it's. Mm-hmm. Thursday afternoon. It is Thursday, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, God, I panicked then. (laughs) And um, do you sit here still kind of feeling to yourself, Christ, there's a lot of people I want to really put on a good show. Does it feel pressured or is it kind of, you can just switch it on now? uh, So I don't get nervous about the... um, the actual show itself i just get nervous about the all of the equipment working that's that's the main that's the main point of nerves because it's out of your hands really isn't it the Mm. sound guy can fuck it up and not have your guitar loud enough or the bass too loud or the vocals not even on Mm. and you you're putting all your faith into one guy with many knobs it's main. so we 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 have uh we have a long-suffering sound man that comes with us to shows um sam shout out um, big love to Sam. Big love. Big love to the big man. Um, <laughs> so I'm not too worried about that. It's I've, I've had a couple shows where an amp has literally set on fire. Fucking hell. So I, I always kind of worry about that. Like Jimmy not Hendrix. Not, not cool. No, 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 no. No, not cool at all. During like a quiet moment where it's just me playing guitar and then the amp starts going like... And you're pulling out your phone thinking, how am I going to afford another <laughs> one? Like, shit, what can I sell? I don't want to buy some trainers <laughs> on my guitar. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Anyone want to buy my house? Yes. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I mainly get nervous about, and that's what I'm shitting myself at about at the moment. Yeah. Like there are specific equipment related things where I'm like, oh, I know that's not a hundred percent. That's oh definitely God. gonna break later. But <laughs> you got a little pack of fuses in your back pocket. Yeah, I've got a pack of like everything. Oh it's God. ridiculous. But yeah. Wow. So you've got a tour coming up. What about new music? Uh, yeah, so we, we're bringing out a little... Uh, it kind of gets announced uh, next week, I guess, when this... This could be a world okay. exclusive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll put it out tomorrow. I, I won't off everyone on your label. I won't, I won't specifically say what it is, but... Uh, it's an EP. August 23rd. EP? Uh, kind of. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> mini album. Kind of. Yeah. It's not a mini album no. either. It's... Yeah, a yeah. few tracks. It's, um, it's a really long single. Nice. Like... Yeah. So, where's the date? So, it's not that far away, is yeah. it? Like yeah. Like, just nearly a week. Yeah, so, l- like, the first, first for streaming purposes, you know how yes. nice streaming is now? Everyone's like, I need streams. Yes. Um, so, we've cut it up into smaller sections to release before. Um, so, one of the previews will come out next week. That's amazing. So, someone can hear a two-minute clip of a song that's far too long. <laughs> <laughs> So how do I hear the full version? Can I buy uh, it on vinyl? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be coming out on vinyl. We're doing a cool... Um, uh, it's almost a picture disc, but it'll be like an etch on one side and then the whole song is on the other side, which is pretty cool. That's amazing. Yeah. What I do on this podcast, and it's my mm-hmm. final question for you today, is everyone that comes on, it doesn't matter if they've been on at the very start or they're on today. I'm nearly at 300 episodes. Mm-hmm. You get to choose the last song that's played after our interview. It can be any song by any band, but of something that means a lot to you. Okay. People in bands struggle a lot because you've probably got a million songs in your head right now and you're trying to whittle it down. But what's a piece of music by a band or just from a film score or something that you absolutely love that once today's interview is all wrapped up, it's your personal choice and will play out after we've spoken? Yeah, I'll go straight in. Um, Waiting for a Star to Fall by Boy Meets Girl. You can Fuck, I've not heard that song or that band for fucking ages. <laughs> <laughs> what made you pick that? Uh, it's it's like our ultimate 
van song. Yep. Every time the guys are down, you know what I mean? Put it on. You've just played a gig to four people in Scunthorpe. And, and three you, of them were your family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you're on the way back. Everyone's really depressed eating a Burger King. And you stick on a bit of... You can of afford Burger King. Stuff. I thought you were a fucking small band. Uh. Fucking hell. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those meals. Well, they, well, they, they're large. No, they I don't. They insist on paying us yes. in Burger King. That's the thing. That's all right. Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, there's only so many you can eat. Um, but <laughs> yeah, well, we you just stick plugged, that on. We just plugged Burger King. We might get like Wayne's World style, like a, a, a huge delivery of Whoppers now for free. That would be that would be pretty good, actually. That'd be better than a fucking record deal. <laughs> <laughs> just give us loads of fries, loads of coke, loads of the slushy stuff. You know that stuff. Mm. And uh, Whoppers for life. I mean, it would actually feed my family. Yeah. So that's kind Whoppers of Whoppers for life. It's kind of a win. That's Burger King. <laughs> Available now with your flaming hot burgers. Sugar Horse's favourite food. Um, officially sponsored. Thank you. Brilliant. So Thank you to Burger um, King Corp. Yes. <laughs> it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Um, I look forward to seeing your set. I've made sure that I'm free for Empire State Bastard onwards. Oh, amazing. So I can then... Have you seen Empire State Bastard yet? I have not. Mike's a good friend, though, so I'm very much... I haven't seen them in They're person fucking yet. fucking great. I saw um, them at Download and 2000 Trees, and it's just noise, but it's brilliant noise. Yeah, yeah. I'd, so uh, I'm, into, I'm into that. Yes, yeah, so just I'll, uh, I'll see you there for that. <laughs> Thank you <laughs> for joining fun. me, my friend. And Cheers, It's man. a pleasure to have you on. So there's me and Sugar Horse talking all things music. Again, another great interview, a great band that I only discovered at Arc Tangent, but I've spent the last week listening to them heavily. I love them. I think they've got something really special. I can't wait to see them at their own gig in the near future, and they're definitely one to watch. I really, really enjoyed this interview. Next up is a band called Skin Failure, a band that I unfortunately didn't get to see at Arc Tangent because I didn't get there on the actual Wednesday night. But the reviews were amazing. Obviously, it comes from Will from Black Peaks, who's a good friend of the podcast and someone that I love and adore. And it's great to see his brand new project doing so well. Really, Skin Failure are all about having fun, all about having a rock and roll time and just having a fucking laugh. And this is what I love. There's nothing but fun from their sets. And people were talking about it again all weekend. And I can't wait for their tour later in the year. And if you haven't listened to Skin Failure, do it now and then come back and listen. So I think now it's time for me and Skin Failure talking all things Arc Tangent. I'm here with Toby from the amazing band Skin Failure. Here we are at Arc Tangent. Welcome to the Mark and Me podcast. Thank you very much. What I like to do with all guests that come on the podcast is take it right back to the very start. So yeah. when you were growing up as a kid, do you remember those first CDs maybe you bought that maybe your pocket money or handed down to you that made you fall in love with bands? Were there a certain album that you remember always being obsessed with? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so many. Um, first one for me was uh, All Killer No Filler by Sum 41. That shows you my age. I'm yeah. like an old man when yeah. that came out. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a classic. Technically dad rock now. Right? Yes. <laughs> well, that depresses me. The other day someone yeah. said, I think it's like dad rock playlist. And I was like, okay, cool. That'd be stuff like The Who. And the first track was Foo Fighters. And yeah. I was like, kill me now. <laughs> yeah, but Sum 41 a great starting point. Yeah, right. Yeah. I think I was like nine years old or something. Got that. I think it was like a present for Christmas or something. I like, can't remember, but that just got me into the punk thing, man. Like, I know it's pop punk, but you know. Yeah, yeah, of course. Into the, into the fast music. So, um, music changes for me when I see a band live. And when I was a kid, uh, I was lucky enough to see Green Day nice. on their Dookie yeah. tour, which is nice, 30 yeah. years ago, which fucking blows my mind. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't believe that there was any free people on stage. I was looking at Billy Joe Armstrong, thinking there's another guitarist somewhere. But it made me realise the power of live music. Even if I was only 11, I was like, this is amazing. Yeah, do you yeah. remember, even if it's embarrassing, do you remember your first gig and who it was that kind of made you think, yeah. fuck, like, I want to do this? Yeah, I remember my first gig vividly. Uh, my dad took me to the Millennium Stadium in Cardiff to watch uh, Stereophonics, supported by uh, Feeder and Ocean Colour Scene. Very <laughs> indie. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I was like 10, 11 years old, maybe. Um, but that was like, yeah, I, like, I remember it vividly. And it was, it's just from, them point, from that point onwards, basically, it was just obsessed with music and especially live music as well. Randomly as hell, two weeks ago, I was driving, I had it on, um, you know, like random, and it suggested to me Stereophonics. I was like, I've not listened to them for fucking 10 years. And it was word gets around. Yeah. And even if fucking people think they're an indie pop band now, yeah. those first couple of albums, Performance and Cocktails and... Um, yeah. Uh, the what's the debut I just said? Word, uh, word gets around. Yeah. yeah, unbelievable albums. Honestly, like, brilliant songs. Their first album is probably one of my favourite yeah. albums of There's all time. It's not a bad <laughs> song on there. Yeah, yeah, literally all killer, no filler. It's <laughs> it genuinely, yeah. And um, that band have just—I know they've gone on and got a bit more poppy and a bit more extra band members, and it just sounds a bit more radio friendly. Yeah. But that first album, you yeah. know, a thousand trees and all that—they're like yeah, they're yeah. epic songs. They're like anthems. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm um, so I grew up in uh, South Wales Valleys. Uh, so that album especially is just all the lyrics and all the songs is just about growing up in the valleys pretty much so it like really hits hits home a little bit different for me but uh yeah amazing album amazing album and uh yeah seeing them live as well and for one of the first bands i ever saw live and just from yeah kelly from jones's voice live as well like it's fucking yeah, sensational yeah. it's probably better than on record like you just yeah. there's something about it and fair play if you saw feeder supporting them yeah, yeah i had them on the podcast and i was lucky enough to see them last year in a pub like a secret gig but grant nicholas has still got it like they're yeah, fucking yeah. awesome their early album like swim and yeah, yeah. um all, all the early real early stuff like anthems unbelievable yeah. like heavier than you remember is as well echo, is it echo park yeah that was yeah, it that, yeah. yeah great album Fucking brilliant. Yeah. But um, where did it all start for you when you wanted to be in a band? Because I don't know the history, obviously, from all the other members of Skin Failure. I know Will from Black Peaks. Mm. But where, where, where were you? Was it at college you did, sort of did the whole band thing with Battle of the Bands and all um, that? I try to remember. Like, again, I think it was maybe after that Stereophonics gig, I was like, I want to play guitar. Yeah. And I got bought a guitar for Christmas. And then, yeah, I must have been like 10 years old. Um, and just, yeah, just playing guitar, learning for years and years. Going to like secondary school, uh, just started jamming with a few mates basically and just started forming bands then. Um, I can't really remember like the first time where I was like, I want to do this. But yeah. It was just like. So, did you do a lot of bands over the last sort of 10 years through college and school and yeah, then yeah. the whole sort of battle like of the band stuff? And 
We never did a Battle of Bands, actually. That's good. That's uh, credit to you. Every yeah. band here has, I think. But <laughs> Yeah, I think I was in like three bands back in secondary school. And then uh, went to music college down in Bristol. Uh, and that's where I met the rest of the boys. That's uh, awesome. Uh, well, met uh, our drummer Sam and our bassist Chef. Uh, met them at music college. We formed a band then. Um, just playing stupid music for like about 10 years. And I know I've just been constantly in and out of bands, basically. Just, yeah. It's just like, I love it. So <laughs> how did it, it come that skin failure became a thing? Because mm. I saw your awesome artwork and I saw people, because I was a massive fan of Black Peak. So when they announced they broke up, I was gutted because I thought yeah. they were fucking amazing. And um, then for Will to kind of take some time out mm. and then come back, I was like, fucking great, like just to hear him sing again. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it was kind of like a top secret. It didn't feel like you were teasing too much and then you came out and it was great. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. were you just rehearsing behind the scenes and writing and just having fun and thinking, what, what are we going to do? Yeah, uh, yeah, basically. Uh, we started it six months before COVID hit. Yeah. And we were just like, uh, so me and Dave, uh, our old bassist, again, used to be in Black Peach yep. as well. Uh, me and him have been talking for years about doing just like a little fun studio project um, and we're like yeah let's just like no gigs at all let's just record it put it out there just see what happens like you know no pressure like no plans or anything um, and then Paul our old guitarist and Sam our drummer they were talking about doing the same thing at the same time amazing so we were like oh right let's, let's join forces together, yeah right um, yeah and then just started jamming in our mate's garage writing stupid little thrash songs uh, and then lockdown hit. Um, so me and Paul used to live together, um, and we just got so bored. We were just like, let's let's really work on this. Like, let's let's do it. Um, yeah, sending demos back and forth and everything. And then Dave showed Will at like a Black Peaks practice, like before they broke up or something. I'm just like, check this out. It's a new thing I'm doing. And Will was just like, dude, this is sick. <laughs> Can I like, please be involved? That's amazing. <laughs> just like. Yeah, man, like, please, please. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and it's just, I don't know, and then we just started jamming loads and loads and writing loads and then wrote the album and then we were just like, you know what? We need to play this live. Like, let's just let's just do it. Um, and yeah, just our first gig was Arctangent last year. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And then do you kind of have this mentality? Because all your videos on Instagram and Facebook and stuff, like, they're kind of like remind me of the old sort of jackass videos because you're all like cutting yeah. your sleeves off your tops yeah, and getting yeah. drunk and in the rehearsal room <laughs> inviting everyone in yeah, and it yeah. seems like this really fun like just crazy vibe and I say that with full respect like silly like fun like yeah, we're yeah, just having yeah. a fucking laugh we're not taking it too seriously yeah, yeah um, but at the same time you've got some great slots so you did Bloodstock mm. you're here yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I kind of was there a point of where you were like let's just have fun and have a bit of a joke but then it turned into this thing where you're like actually we should probably take it a bit more seriously because you're getting some good slots and everyone's fucking loving <laughs> you guys you know uh pretty much yeah you kind of nailed it there uh yeah the whole ethos of the band like the whole like core origin ethos was just let's have the absolute most fun we possibly can yeah um not take it too seriously you know let's throw our middle fingers up to the crowd let's rip our sleeves off let's drink loads of beer um and then yeah, started playing some pretty cool shows and big shows, and then yeah, we're like, ah oh, shit, maybe we should start trying now. Yeah, <laughs> we should start maybe doing this. <laughs> yeah, but man, we probably should take it seriously yeah, and yeah. do more than one show. But um, what's it like now? Because obviously there's an album out there for people to listen to. Yeah. yeah. Um, you've done some big festivals. You've done a little like a mini tour, didn't you? Of a short amount yeah, of dates. Yeah. Yeah. Do you kind of look at it now in a case of? 
taking a step back and just letting the summer pass, bring in the autumn and winter and maybe write more? Or are you, let's fucking keep going and tour this album as much as we can? Or how's it kind of feeling for you guys? Well, yeah, originally it was like, right, let's just play like a handful of gigs a year, do like a couple of festivals, couple yeah. of big gigs or whatever. And then, I mean, we're all like full-time uh, workers. Yeah. You know, uh, um, so That's yeah, the reality let's... of this business, isn't it? Every band nearly on this lineup are going to work tomorrow yeah, morning, yeah, and yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not the dream that people think. No, it's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> but, so yeah, it's like let's try and fit it around our uh, our careers, basically. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of snowballed a little bit, and now we're like having so much fun with it, and yeah, it's picking up traction, and we're like, oh, yeah, maybe we should let's do a bit more, let's do a bit more, and we've got a few gigs coming up, like a, again, like a little mini tour. Yeah. Say tour, but it's over like two months or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah again just to fit it around our work um might be another little mini tour towards the end of the year um but yeah we're working on album two already that's um, awesome got about half of it go uh ready to go um but yeah i think we're just gonna yeah during the winter maybe like december january february just like get our heads down and just that's awesome write, write another album basically yeah do you find it kind of so when you come to a place like this, I look at the poster sometimes, and it might be me just getting old, but a lot of the bands, and I say it with full respect, I, I, I do podcasting, I'm a journalist, but I still don't know every band on the poster. Like There's some I'm like, I've never heard of these guys. Yeah, yeah. Do you look at it as a chance where you come to a festival like Art Tangent that's got really good history, it's one of the most kind of varied lineups you can get. Uh, I think they give a chance to everybody. Yeah. yeah do you yeah. look at it as a golden ticket on Wednesday to come here, play, Knowing that, and I say it with full respect, not everyone's buying a ticket to see you guys. They're not, you yeah, know. Yeah, that's course, just yeah, not yeah. harsh. It's yeah, just you yeah. know, there's this. But Absolutely. you hopefully win that forty-minute set to win people over. Like yeah. someone's like, yeah. I'll go and check Skin Failure out. That sounds a cool name. I'll go and see them, and then that's your moment to kind of hope they leave wanting to get a T-shirt or they want to go yeah, and buy a vinyl absolutely. or you know. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's why we do uh, the stupid shit here on stage. Yeah. Um, Got our mascot this year, Bloods McFrenzy. Came on with a gong, handing out beers to the front crowd. Got our mate Mel up to play a song with us. Uh, my friend Ben from uh, O-Drive's Big Bands came on and shaved my mullet on stage. That's <laughs> fucking nice. So, it's like, yeah, trying to make that big impression on the crowd, right? Especially when we were like uh, half four or something like that. Well, there's so trying much to, to be up against as well, isn't there? So when you think about the other bands and all the other stuff, you want people to leave saying, do you remember that band that had those fucking head shaved? You yeah, know, right, like, yeah, it's yeah. something to take away. Not just like, do you remember that band that put on a great show and sounded really good, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I, music for me has always been about the live show, right? And it's, of course. Um, and it's, yeah, getting that lasting impression on fans and whatever. Uh, yeah, because you always remember the gigs. Even, even if it was a bad gig, you always remember the ones that was like something interesting happened, right? Well, I follow you guys, and um, I always see on your Instagram your stories from other people that have been at your gigs. And even though you've only been going just over a year properly on the scene yeah, since yeah, last yeah. Our Tangent, your shows look like they remind me of like early basement shows of bands like even Beastie Boys or even Refused. Right. They've yeah, got that cool. atmosphere. It's like a, it's not fucking Wembley Arena, but you've got yeah. this like small like venue. But you're making the best of it and you're in the fucking crowd and Will's there literally in the middle of the crowd trying to yeah. get a circle pit going. Yeah, and yeah. even if there's a hundred people, you're making the best of it. And I think if you do that and have that energy and vibe and it's sincere, because the fans see it if it isn't. Yeah. If you yeah. do that for every fucking show, all you're going to do is keep getting bigger and better. Yeah, surely, because yeah, everyone's yeah. having a good time. Exactly, man. And you leave been a- saying to your friends, 
fuck me, I nearly died tonight at that show. <laughs> and how cool is that though? That's much better. And I've suddenly got no sleeves and I've got a mullet. You yeah, know? right. <laughs> that, was, that was the fucking wife, you know. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I've always been a big believer in, you know, if, if you are not having the most, if, if you don't believe in some the shit that you're doing, yeah. no one else is going to believe it either. So you've got to have, it's, it's finding that very fine, tre- treading that fine line between arrogance and self-belief yeah <laughs> of course you know and you gotta yeah you, you have just... fun with it and the thing is like and i did say it with full respect it's like this kind of jackass show this yeah, fun, yeah silly yeah. humor yeah like some 41 when they started out yeah, exactly, the skate yeah. parks and all that yeah, yeah yeah but you've got the fucking songs to back it up oh thanks thank you <laughs> it's a fucking great album i'm not saying that like when black peaks broke up i was gutted yeah but then yeah. i can see that there's other bands coming from it and yeah, I can see yeah. that Joe's doing other stuff. Yeah, and I can yeah. see that uh, everyone's doing other stuff. And Skin Failure wasn't what I expected Will to do next. But I was like, this is fucking rad. Yeah, a lot of people saying that. Being like, wow, I can't believe you've gone from this really serious, like, kind of proggy metal band into... Well, touring Europe really to support a perfect circle yeah, and Daftones right, yeah. and all this. But and now you're doing this He seems to be having shit. more fun. He just seems to be enjoying himself. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. I was there when he talked about his uh, low times and depression and, like one of the interviews we did went on for over an hour and I really yeah like we've just connected and I, I felt like he's had it fucking bad like the luck he's had yeah like do yeah, you want to go and play this massive arena show in Europe yeah suddenly gets ill yeah do you want to yeah, do this yeah, suddenly yeah. gets ill yeah and I feel like it was cursed yeah you know Black Peaks as great as they were and as much as I wanted them to be filling stadiums there was something that was always against them where he can now have fun and let his hair down and just really just fucking just be with his mates drink a bit of beer and put on yeah, a good yeah. show yeah right that's what I think so he's he, meant um, to do he actually so we played Bloodstock last week um, and he woke up like a couple of days beforehand with like full blown uh, laryngitis and that's like, fucking that's I don't know whether I can do it like I don't yeah. know whether I can do it we're like it'll be alright man just don't think about it don't think about it just turn up on the day even if you still can't speak whatever just go out there and just try and do something yeah like, it doesn't matter just make some noise yeah, yeah. Like, it doesn't matter and then, yeah, he was just like, oh, yeah, you're right, actually. I don't have to I don't have to give it full beans. No. Like, I don't have to put my whole heart and soul into it. I just get up there and just have fun, man. That's, and that's but wasn't he ill on Wednesday? Because my friend Ben said that he, he's, I think, laryngitis or something. He's like, he's still yeah, he was bad still, yeah, still from still suffering. Yeah, he was, and they, so he, and he said, you fucking absolutely nailed the set. Like he said, <laughs> on Wednesday night, I wasn't here, annoyingly. I only arrived on Thursday. But yeah. I said to him, go and check this out. And he did. Yeah. And he was like, that was all fucking sick. And I was like good you know and he's like yeah, yeah, yeah. will was still arms out like he does yeah, chest yeah, up yeah, fucking yeah. singing his heart out yeah 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 um, yeah i got the crowd to help us <laughs> on a few bits that's awesome <laughs> though, isn't like, it? i can't do this next bit so you're gonna have to fucking do it for me <laughs> i love it man i love the attitude and i think because it's sincere it's genuine it's not like let's pretend we're having fun yeah. I've seen bands on these reunion tours, and I'm not bad mouthing anyone. I don't do that on this podcast, but mm. I bought tickets to see um, System of a Down, right? And it was just forced. It was like you yeah, can see it for yeah. a paycheck, and I love the band. They fucking influenced yeah. me like anything. But I could see through every single member, like we're just playing the songs. We're looking at our watches, yeah. like what time can we finish? I'm can literally we... here to pay my mortgage. Yeah, and, then I'm gonna and fuck you know, there's probably <laughs> some legal bills and a divorce. Yeah, and it was so transparent. And I was left, to, and I'll, I'll never go and pay to see him again. I'm like, I was yeah. gutted. I go to one of your shows I feel like we're part of a family and if someone's passing me a beer and I'm fucking getting drenched and it's all a fucking celebration of just having a good time yeah right exactly nothing's going to top that is it yeah right exactly yeah and that's that's what music should be man it shouldn't be 
about paying the bills it should just be about having a good fucking time that's why most of my favourite bands are all still working so Hell is for Heroes 100 Reasons mm. you know they're yeah, all bands yeah. that are still going to work the next day and yeah, doing exactly. a fucking day job yeah exactly exactly what I, I am, do on this I am actually uh, dreading sorry. it now really <laughs> thanks for reminding me I've got to go back to work on Monday I'm sorry man I'm so, it's me too and it's fucking depressing <laughs> I come away here and pretend for having a little pass and stuff that I'm meant to be here full time and then I'm like oh shit I've got reality but um <laughs> What I do on the podcast, and it's my final question, and even though I've done nearly 300 episodes, every person who's been on gets the same last question. And what I do mm. is you get to choose the last song that's played. So after this interview's all edited for the world to listen to on this special, we'll talk about Skin Failure, we'll talk about the tour, we talk about the album, but you get to choose a song that means a lot to you. It won't be your own. I think that's arrogant. I've had fans yeah. do that. <laughs> Bert McCracken from The Used came on and was like, I want my own. I'm like... <laughs> okay, fine. But cool, bro. <laughs> anything you want, but I'm putting you on the spot. What's a song that means a lot to you that you love that you'd love to be played after we've just had this interview and talk today? Oh, big question. Big question. It's usually the but reason of the song I prefer. So if you if you pick an old a classic like Nirvana's Teen Spirit, great, everyone's heard it. But sometimes they pick a band and I'm like, oh I've not heard them and then suddenly I've discovered a band and the listeners yeah. have, so it's great. You know what, just because we were talking about him earlier, maybe Local Boy in the Photograph by Stereophonics. tune. What yeah. a tune. Amazing song. It is. Amazing song. Gets and me every time. It does. I and I, do you know what, time. it doesn't sound 20 years old or however old it is. It might be yeah, more yeah. than that, which is, it probably will be actually. Fucking hell, it's yeah, probably yeah, like 25 years. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, that's a great tune. Yeah, it's a good one. Thank you for your time today. Thank it's you It's been so a much, pleasure yeah. having you on. Um, what I'll do is, when the UK new dates get announced and yeah. all this, I'll come and hang with you guys and we'll do another episode and let's yeah, all just great. do a backstage gig and have some beers and uh, oh, shape my of beers. We'll do Lots it. Lots of beers. Does that sound good? Oh, yeah. Thank okay. you, dude, and enjoy the rest of the weekend. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, man. can't believe I'm saying this, but that's three interviews out of four already done. But I saved the best till last. Holy Fawn. For me, the best performance of the whole festival. They blew my mind. And this is one of those interviews that I didn't want to end. You can hear how we click straight away. The chemistry is there and I can't wait to get them back on. I really hope we get to see a UK tour again real soon. I just absolutely love everything about this band. And since I've come home from Arctangent, it's honestly one of the bands I've listened to more than anyone. I fell so deeply in this hole with Holy Fawn and they're blowing my mind. And this interview is so much fun. So I'm not going to hold it off anymore. Here's me and Holy Fawn talking all things music. I'm joined with Ryan and Evan from the Correct. incredible Hello. band Holy Fawn. How are you both? Great. Thanks for having us. Absolutely wonderful. Today's been a dream. Thank you for talking to us. It's an absolute pleasure. Uh, you guys 
What I do is with every person that's ever been on the podcast, uh, it doesn't matter if they're a director, an actor, a film star, or just a, a musician or a songwriter, I take it right back to the start. So when you were both growing up as a kid, can you remember that first album that you bought maybe with pocket money or a friend passed it down to you? That you were like, this is fucking incredible. Where you just listen to it on oh, repeat. Oh man, this is gonna be wild here. I you got, first, I, buddy. I got, I got multiple ones here. Yeah, I got two, and they're very starkly different. <laughs> All right, first piece of physical media was uh, Beach Boys' "Surf and Safari" on cassette. I love this. This was, I don't know, man. It's, I, I, I had been single digits. I don't know. I was, I was young. It was the only thing I had. Uh, my parents weren't like super into music, so I, I don't even remember how I got this cassette. I think a neighbor gave it to me. I think like uh, a buddy was just like, "Oh, like I like this. Here, have it." Uh, threw it in the boombox. Is good. Um, other than that, yeah, I think my other pieces of like my other first piece of physical media was <laughs> Rammstein and wow, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think there was uh, I think Blink One Eight Two Dude Ranch as well too. That was just like I don't know, man. I was just I was trying to take in anything I could, but I remember the first time I heard Rammstein, I was like, "Yo, there is some serious shit here." Uh, you can swear all you fucking want. Fuck. All right, uh, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, no, but I remember the first time I heard that, I was just like. This is, to me at the time, like psychotic. And seeing the album artwork for that album, I was just like, oh, wow. Do you know, it shows my age, and you're talking about cassettes and stuff, and I had cassettes. I remember someone giving me Nirvana, Nevermind, Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction. But when my parents upgraded to a CD player, and all CDs were like £20, like $20 when they first came yeah. out, the first one my parents bought was Pet Sounds. Okay, oh, hell yeah. And, and they put it I mean, on. Pet Sounds is classic. And it was... The moment that everyone was like, wow, like it's gone to this digital disc and they hit play. And I was like, remember when like God Only Knows came on and it's oh. never sounded as good as that day that I first heard it the on songs. like a CD. The separation, especially towards like the bridge of that song is just so it's, unbelievable. You can't match it today. Perfection, yeah. man. They're, yeah. they're lightning in a bottle right there. Like really that, that exact, that exact song, man. I don't know, man. Like, yeah. I think that's our best song. I, I definitely I've never heard harmonies song. like anything ever again. No. And it's like, I wish I was just there to see it live. Same. I mean, I dude, Brian Wilson is the absolute genius madman. Like, I... He's gone completely insane now. Like, it's concerts, they, like, wheel him out. He plays and they, like, wheel him off. <laughs> but I would still want to go. If I could if I could time travel and see that, if I could see him now, do Imagine any of that stuff, the, I dude, would... if we could have saw them back in, like, 67, 66... Lose my minds. Lose my mind. Are your choices as cool, or are you gonna? Are they embarrassing? But you're gonna change no, it. No, no. What's funny Evan's is probably more impressive. One actually. that is actually the same as mine. Blink 182's Dude Ranch was the first CD I had. Was it really? Uh, my sister gave it to me. Yeah. Damn. Uh, and fucking loved it. Um, got me into like, like, oh, music's really fun. This is really cool. And these guys are funny. Uh, like derelict uh, pop punk rockers. <laughs> going to the library as a kid, they had CDs at the library. And the one that really got me into like wanting to be a guitar player was Black Sabbath's first album. I saw the CD there, and it had like the scariest album artwork I've ever seen, with this like nun just like in a super pixelated like I don't know deep fried <laughs> creepy fucking just cover, like, just uh, deep fried creepy. Pasta and I was like, oh, this sounds cool. Thing. And so I brought that home and I put that on my like shitty CD player from Walmart and. Uh, I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. These guys rip. And so between 
a weird combination, but Blink-182's Dude Ranch and Black Sabbath's self-titled album, that was when I was like, oh, I think I want to pursue this or dig more into it. And then shortly after that, I asked for a guitar and started trying to learn songs for both of those CDs. I'm surprised that that album wasn't circulating in your house with your dad already, man. Like, I mean, I was young. I was like seven, you know? What foundations are at such a young age? Like, Blink-182, like, they're now back, they're playing... And like it's, it's weird it's wild. seeing new people discovering them. It's like oh yeah, kids are coming up to me like, "Have you heard Blink One Eight Two? I'm like, "Fuck off!" Duh. Like, yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> "Fuck right off!" Yeah. Okay, even like, huge since name the mid nineties. Yeah, yeah. no, nah, I'm like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. It's music. Music's super strange. I I have two much younger sisters and everything like that, and they're just like, uh, they're kind of just in their their they're in their phase of discovering music outside of. Uh, like popular media for the first time, you know, and it's it's wild. Like, one of my my little sister actually texted me the other day when I had Wi-Fi again. She's like, "Oh, I, like she just went into high school, and she was just like, I made a friend in biology, and uh, she she said one of her favorite bands was Holy Fawn. Can you believe that?" And I was just like, "What the <laughs> fuck?" Like, <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, no, I can't, it, dude." I was like, "Oh, it's probably like their parents or something like that. They probably like." pedals and craft beer and all that kind of stuff or i don't know <laughs> it, it all so changed cool. for me with live music and uh i'm 41 so i show my age but um 30 years ago i went to my first gig and it was green day uh on their dookie oh tour. man Damn. that's so Fucking cool awesome. uh, and i was that. looking at them on stage and i genuinely was only 11 i'm looking at them like this and i'm like how are three people making that much noise? Like, is there another guitarist hiding? Is there mm. another? And it was before they got all the session musicians and extra people. Yeah. And it was just Billy Joe Armstrong with his guitar singing yeah. fucking When I Come Around. And it blew my mind. Like, my rib cage was shaking. Trey Cool was on the fucking drums. Mm-hmm. And I was sat there like... That was a special time, man. I want to like, be... <laughs> I want to be in a band. Like That, that really was, was a special yeah. time for music. It's like, you know, uh, the 90s in general. And especially bands of like, you know, Green Day and... and, and you know, fucking Blink Offspring and, and all those bands. Oh, yeah, yeah. Offspring, MTV2, Smashing Pumpkins, Bush. Oh, it, man. You know, it was insane. Bush, it's just, yeah, uh, in, you know, hometown heroes like Gin Blossoms. Even it's just like oh, watching. We start on Gin Blossoms. I know, uh, but it, it, it's wild. You watch live videos from back then. It really could come out today and be just as powerful and relevant, which yeah. is really fucking cool to me. Because that's, like you know, music. If, I feel like they have like phases and eras, but. Stuff from the '90s and bands like Green Day, especially, it's just like if they started today and they started playing out, they would become just as big as they became back then. No yeah. problem. Uh, like, it's, yeah, there was just a, I don't know. There's something very timeless about a lot of those artists. Absolutely. The thing about it as well, the music videos had a lot of care and they were iconic. So I would be yeah. watching like Beavis and Butthead, and they'd be like, "Here's Pantera," <laughs> and, I, and I was like, I was like fuck like what is this yeah but it was yeah. unbelievable and i'll discover bands by buying like kerrang and on the front it'd have like 12 tracks oh yeah and you didn't have spotify so it'd be like check out and on there there might be limp biscuit deftones and i'm yeah, like yeah. this is like the way to discover new bands and you don't get that now it was it was a very different time so uh like i i, I know like and it's crazy because like i can hear some songs from maybe oh i don't know if i need to talk closer uh if i need to uh sorry getting distracted uh i can hear i can hear, <laughs> I can hear, I can hear songs like that were iconic with my childhood and i can literally rewatch the music video in my head you know it was media was consumed so very differently and uh and especially with like uh 
like I, I lived over here when I was much younger uh, for a little while and I remember Kerrang, uh, like the magazine, the, like the TV channel. I don't know what it's like nowadays, but uh, it just shows the hills on repeat and like <laughs> living Fuck, in that's terrible. Oh, they went, the way, TV. they went the yeah, way of MTV. Shit, um, <laughs> but no, I remember like Kerrang literally was just nonstop music videos and stuff like that when I was over here and I was like, this is how I'm finding out about all of my new favorite artists. Like that's how I found out about Refused. That's how I found out about like, I don't know, like uh, fucking brand new, like Kill Switch Engage, like any of these bands. I was just like, I have seen these videos like on repeat at nauseum, you know, just, and it was so dope, you know, so. Yeah. Same thing, I used to wake up like an hour early every day to watch uh, in America, like VH1's top uh, like 30 or whatever. And, uh, you know, seeing, like, Taking Back Sunday or Switchfoot or, yeah. you know, even, like, do that Hoobastank video for the reason. I was like, this shit slaps. This is awesome. And being in, you know, third, fourth grade, it just had such an impact on me. Music's it's just like, not consumed that way anymore, though. Like, no, it's, it's not. Like, you'll like put out a music video, but it's not, like, going to be, like, this. I mean, not, iconic, is it? It's uh, like, that's exactly what I was going to say. Not iconic. Like a, a direct choice in it nowadays where or like back then it was just like what's on is what's on and you're gonna kind of yeah. find stuff you normally wouldn't seek out whereas you know nowadays it's you have way more power to kind of choose what playlist you're gonna go to or what you know artist you want to kind of you know check and see what they're listening to is it, 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 it's different it strange, like you were saying like there's a music video that takes you back to a good time so i think of like mm -hmm. smashing pumpkins today when they're in an ice cream mm -hmm. van say less yeah, 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 yeah. Say less. it's like I had no mortgage, I had no responsibilities, <laughs> I'm sat watching Beavis and Butthead, I'm yeah. enjoying it, and I'm sitting there going to myself, life is easy, and yeah. I'm enjoying this, I'm watching Beastie Boys Sabotage, I'm watching oh, yeah. Deftones, Be Quiet and Drive, and like, oh, don't get started we're, not, on we're not like Tones, that man. now, are we? We're not <laughs> no. sitting there going like, Jimmy yeah. World music video, like, I don't even know if they did a music video for their last album, you know? It's, I I, and it, I don't Same, think, unfortunately. I don't yeah, think yeah. a lot of people are like really doing that, they'll put it out as like a... Like, a, like you, you'll do it because it's like it needs to go on YouTube. It's gonna get extra views. You're gonna have something for people to watch. Yeah. Playing live, like there's no, there's but no like yeah, or like a visualizer, yeah. you know. And it's like we've been guilty of doing a visualizer before. And it's just but I'll make that shit though. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I will be the one that we is will like still put doing that. I will make energy that, into you know. It, yeah. <laughs> um, and it, like, and I like it. So, but uh, yeah, but I, I agree. There's like, I don't know. Especially with like, oh dude, like one of my least favorite things for a band to do is do a fucking lyric video. Ugh, like, I know. Dude, where it's just like, it's like so lazy. images of like fucking meteors crashing into planets and it's like, here's big, the disgusting song with letters. Subtitles. Oh, dude. It's like, like nah, dude, get into it. Yeah, dude, yeah. it's it's, <laughs> yeah. it's fucking fun. It's song. shit. Yeah. And I'm just like, it just seems like such a lazy. I'm gonna make you one next week and put it on YouTube. You can make off. one if you want. I'll I'll watch that. <laughs> Dislike. <I'll, laughs> that'll be. We'll be we'll be thumbs the we'll down. be the one that is yeah, the yeah. thumbs down on that one. No, I just I don't know. There, I I think that there was a time and place where like music videos were very iconic, like you said. You yeah. know, mm -hmm. um, they burn in your head because you love this song, you know the the music video, and it's just like we're so far past that now, where it's just like. You're just doing it almost out of like out of obligation because like you need like a reel or <laughs> some yeah, sort of like just social media like, click or something. Digested so much more differently nowadays to where it's it's more it's more quick than you know back then where you could really sit with the music video and like wait to watch it every other day on MTV or VH1 that or something. When like even like Papa Roach would come on, you hear that input in riff and you'd be like, you this know what that music video incredible. looks like. Yeah, the first few seconds or some 41. You know exactly like, what that oh, looks like. Oh, it's that song. Yeah, yeah. Oh. absolutely. And it'd be cool to like find a way to like 
make that comeback. I don't I don't know how to do that. You know, like maybe like on YouTube, there's like a 20 hour video of like the old days and you could just put it on and leave <laughs> it playing. Like, that's what like our retirement homes are going to feel yeah, like exactly. in like 40, 50 yeah. years. It's gonna just like <laughs> all of us sit down, grandpa. Yeah. We're going to put <laughs> put back all of these like third eye blind videos. And yeah, sit down, grandpa. Like here's Kicking to. Back Sunday's Louder Now album. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, my no, stick. God, I mean, like, damn we, sure, Billy. We, <laughs> um, no, we, uh, we, <laughs> God damn it. Uh, that fucking sent me. Uh, no, but, like, you know, we, we've done some music videos that, like, uh, like, you know, we had, like, a very heavy hand in writing, you know, uh, and Drag Me Into the Woods is one of those. I think it's absolutely probably my favorite video that we've done, and it was because we were just like, yo, let's make, like, a fucking short horror film. Um, of some kind, you know, and uh, Evan's getting attacked by a bee. Uh, but I, I really love that. You know, we had a we had a lot of investment in that, and and we're certainly not the only band to do that. I've seen so many amazing videos, but it would just be so cool to see that kind of like attachment to like come back, where it's like yeah. you've heard yeah. that song, you can like rewatch that in your head. You know, even you- nowadays, like you know, like we've been approached for videos. Whether, like, people come to us with the concept, and it's like, mm, I don't know. I, I think we like having a hand in, like, the visual representation personal, of the song. You want to make yeah. it sure that it's There's your name's on it. It's awesome, like, hey, though, we made the know? song. Like, we want to have a part in the video, of too. Course. We just want someone to, like, kind of do their thing to it. Yeah. Just some, like, random person we never met, you know? Which, like, there's pros and cons to that, having outside influence and, you know, uh, other sources. But I think trying to keep it as much, like, in tune with what we envision, I think is, like, I don't know at least key into kind of keeping it as true as possible. Yeah, I, like, I, I'll stay awake at night and I'll have like a, a idea for a video and I'll be like typing this whole fucking script out on like my notes You're on doing my a phone. Screenplay. Yeah, I'm literally yeah. doing Story this. Like, frame. You know, and I'll be like, uh, like, like, I think I'll text the group chat and be like, oh, I think I got a cool idea for a music video mm-hmm. or something like that. And then it'll just like, I think, I don't know. I'll just, I have like probably a bunch just like dying, rotting in my, <laughs> my notes category but like i don't know we like we like to do that it's it's uh it's keeping like that image and that like visual like true to how we feel with like the the song itself you know like, it's, it's awesome important. it's important and too many bands are just like yeah we'll do a music video of just literally standing in a garage playing our instruments and there's not even any cables from the guitars to the amps and it's just like that bugs the shit out I, of I me as a that. musician <laughs> yeah all, all the amps we, are off we, all right, all right. they're not in playing all, they're not playing in all yeah. fairness in all fairness we have done a couple <laughs> of those uh videos uh but we, we made sure to make we, sure our amps were on. We made Those sure the lights amps were, were on. on. They were they were plugged in, and even one time, uh, I and mean, we were still like playing, we were still screaming, we were still singing, and everything mm-hmm. like that. You know, um, like it was it was still all very full volume, and we, could, we even got the fucking fire department called on us because we had a fog machine running and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, that, that was fun. Was it? I think we just narrowly escaped. A very Luckily, we finished right before they came. Yeah. Uh, none of us got arrested that time, but uh, we just didn't yeah. even realize that it was happening. Too, we just heard banging on this gigantic metal door. So we open it up, and there's a fucking fire truck. And out we open there. it up, and it looks like we're hotboxing the place. There's just all this <laughs> smoke just pouring out into the alleyway. Yeah. Like, what are you guys doing? We're like, oh, we're we're like, we're doing making a music video. (laughs) Sorry, you wouldn't understand. (laughs) Yeah, sorry to waste our tax dollars. Uh, (laughs) Were you you guys having a gig as good as mine, like Green Day for one of your first, or was it embarrassing? Be honest, like Like a first one ever. First one, yeah. I know my first one, like my first one ever was awesome. 
Wait, first show like ever in music or as yeah, this like bit? like oh, not, not like you watching. playing as in you oh, got taken. You mine was atrocious and I don't think about it at all. And I'm sad that I just thought about it again for a brief second. All right, well I'm gonna go with mine because mine was <laughs> fucking rad. So uh, I got to go see. Uh, uh, it was it was a newfound glory show uh, in like 2001, and I got to see them play with uh, Finch opening and the starting line as direct support. Finch man, incredible. they've just announced a couple of shows in the UK, and I can't believe no it's way. like 20 years since they're like what it is to burn, and they're oh. like oh. again what a Legends. band, like, yeah. what a hell. fucking band. Finch is totally underrated as far as that you know emo. Early kind of like hardcore scene. You know, I think Finch they obviously like, go overlooked. Um, obviously, everyone knows them for like, I want you to know that and all that. They're, like, they're quite poppy songs. What they need to know is Project Mayhem featuring Daryl Palumbo from Glassjaw. Yes. <laughs> but also, the, like, I can't remember the album. It's got a sun on the front and it's like a mosaic art piece. It might be their third album. Sure. But it's when they really fucking evolved as a band and everyone was like, oh, it's not emo pop anymore. Yeah. But it's fucking unbelievable. It's, it's incredible. And uh, I know their guitar player went off to go. If I'm not mistaken, he went off to go join uh, or found uh, the Sound of Animals fighting as well too. Just like an incredible super group and everything. But I think that was a huge catalyst for it. They were like, "Oh, Finch isn't just like an emo band." No, they they're like got so much more going on about them. Yeah, they're incredibly talented. Their guitar players incredible. It's incredible. Um, how long have we got, Matt? We need to wrap up. A couple of minutes. Okay, cool. Sorry. We'll get you guys back. Five seconds. Go. Yeah. Five, four. <laughs> <laughs> What I do on this podcast, uh, and it's my final question, but what I will do because I'm enjoying this and I feel like we can talk so much more, is we will get in touch with Good as Gold and we'll set up uh, some time. But one sure. thing I want to talk about is my favorite band of all time is Frice. Oh, uh, boy. Yeah. Like, ever. Uh, yes, I think same. Dustin is the best vocalist. I think Tepe is the best guitarist. The fact that they stayed as the original four for the whole lineup. It is incredible. So rare. That band that have gone from major minor to artists in the album it's like it's incredible and but every album is so incredible unbelievable on yes. uh, the alchemy index they're unstoppable is, man the alchemy <laughs> index is a masterpiece mm-hmm. yeah. and i just want to know and we'll talk about it another time longer but what was it like when they asked you guys to get involved in the Artist in the Ambulance, like, redux, you know? It was new- freaking surreal and just like, are you kidding me? We just got asked to do that? Are you, right. what? <laughs> I, I can I can explain this in great detail. I know you're trying, I know you have to wrap up, but I will try to keep this as brief as I can. I am chilling at home. Our manager, Chris, texts me and he was just like, call me immediately. So in my head, I like, big overthinker, always anxious. I'm just like, what the fuck happens? Yeah. And, uh... I really would appreciate a text where it's like, call me immediately, everything's fine. Like, just yeah. throw that extra little thing so I don't have a <laughs> fucking panic attack yeah, at yeah. nine in the morning. Um, and he basically relates to me. He's like, hey, uh, I was talking to, uh, like, Thrice Camp and everything. They were like, they want you to do vocals on Paper Tigers. And I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Immediately, I was just like, yes, absolutely. Tell me what they need. Um... And he's like, how fat? And I got, like, he immediately threw me into a, a chat with, uh, like, our, our label owner and uh, and him. And he was like, realistically, how fast do you think that we can, like, turn this around? Like, how, like, do you need, like, a couple weeks? I was like, I'll do it tonight. Like, I literally just recorded it in my, like, yeah. I literally recorded it at now. home immediately. Yeah. Like, had it done that night, sent it over to Riley, and I was just like, uh, or at least when he sent me the files, I was like, I did it that day. I... I was so thrilled. It's one of my favorite songs on the entire album. Possibly one of my favorite Thrice songs of all time. Uh, 
it was it was an absolute it must honor. be like pinch yourself every day like this is surreal they, and then they, you get the vinyl and you see your name yeah. on it and you're like it's ah, it's insane it's I goofy. we we, <laughs> we got to uh we, obviously we toured with them on that album and um like eddie had me come up and join him on the mic uh for paper tigers on the last show and i just fucking wept after i was so happy it was it was it was a wonderful experience like those guys are absolute wonderful legendary people couldn't say enough nice things about them final question because i'm getting stared at <laughs> what i do on the podcast every single guest that's been on since episode one all the way up to 291 gets to choose the last piece of music that's played so as the podcast finishes the guest gets to choose the song that plays oh. after this interview you're both on the spot you don't have more than one minute you've probably got a million songs in your head and you're trying to get it I down know. to like 50 um, but is there a song that means a lot to you both and you can both choose. I, I know, I, choose I, know I want one. I don't know if it means something to both of us. Can though, I just but. get fries? <laughs> I mean, Brian, I'll let you have this one. You pick, buddy. Uh, spectral Wounds, Frigid and Spellbound. And what's the reason? I just fucking love that song. I love that band. <laughs> That's a good enough reason. What would you have gone for? Uh, honestly, I don't know. The first thing that came to mind was like, who bestank the reason? Because I mentioned it earlier. We are going with, and I thought, no, 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 I don't No, And that's why I was like, Ryan, have this one, dude. I can't think of anything. Yeah, we're not <laughs> It was the first thing that popped into my head yeah. at, at the, in the, on, on the spot. But uh, yeah, we're thinking about music videos. And I was like, I don't know why I remember that one so much. But yeah, Ryan, he can have the one this time. <laughs> no, but thank you so much for it. Come back on and we'll do a longer. I would absolutely, long. we would absolutely, absolutely enjoy doing that. that. We can make this happen, can't we? Absolutely. And we'll no time constraints. And we'll just get, deep and talk about your albums and live music and everything else but it's a pleasure to meet you today thank you thank you so much for your time thanks, thank for, having thanks for having us thank appreciate you. it so that is the final interview from four bands at this year's arc tangent festival and holy form for me are a band you need to go and check out absolutely unbelievable my band of the festival don't get me wrong i had a great time with empire state bastard and so many other bands but for me this was just on another level you know when you just go and see a band and you don't know what to expect and then you're just mesmerized you're so drawn in you don't know where you are and holy fawn did this for me and then to get to actually talk to them have such a great experience as an interview and just want to get them back as soon as possible is the best outcome and a great end to the festival I want to say now a massive thank you to everyone that helped me out during my time at Arc Tangent, everyone that came and saw my live set, everybody that hung out backstage, the amazing photographers, the amazing press organisers, the amazing people actually at Arc Tangent that make it all work. So much hard work goes on in the background and it's all appreciated more than anything. So thank you so much for everyone's hospitality, looking after me and I had a great time and I'll be doing it all again next year. And fingers crossed I get a live slot again because it was such a blast and it's something that means so much to me. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please share this. All the links are on markandme.com and it costs you absolutely nothing to do. If you've enjoyed the bands and you suddenly go and check any of them out, please let me know. I love reading people's feedback. It goes such a long way and those bands need to be discovered and talked about. So if you love them, share them on your Twitter, Facebook and Instagram and really help these bands out. 
Again, thanks to everyone for having such a blast. I feel like the summer's just ending and it feels depressing because we've had an amazing summer with so many good festivals. But like I said at the start of today's interview, there's going to be a special release of my live set with the St. Pierre Snake Invasion. So it hasn't quite ended yet for you guys. But I just want to say now, if you've enjoyed today's episode, go on markandme.com. Follow me on Facebook, follow me on Instagram, follow me on Twitter. I really appreciate it. And if you're new to Mark and Me and have only just discovered it because of this special, there's another 292 episodes waiting for you. Dive back in, listen to all those various guests. I hope you're now on board and have enjoyed today. And I'll be back in only a couple of days time with another episode. So thanks again to everyone and I'll speak to you all very soon.